Good morning and welcome to Echoes of Calvary. This is your host, Greg Sweeting. Thank you for opening your home to us this morning. I invite you to now open your hearts and worship with us as we share from the Word of God. Stay with us as we share comments and illustrations with a spiritual application, present special music to call us to worship, and in a few minutes, Pastor Alan Lee will come to share insights from Scripture and explain how to apply God's Word that we might grow to be complete in Christ. Here is a philosophical question for you to contemplate this Lord's Day morning. A man said recently that his three-year-old son had come into the room and had asked him if it was tomorrow. Well, he replied to his son, No, my boy, it's still today. Whereupon the boy asked, Then when will it be tomorrow? Now think about that for a moment. The three-year-old is standing there waiting for an answer from his dad, who frankly says he was stumped. There are various answers that could be given to the son, but at three years old, can he follow the rational, philosophical responses and really understand? For him, you see, time is abstract, entirely. He cannot yet read a clock. He has no schedule. He naps when he feels like it. He doesn't work. What is time? When will it be tomorrow, Dad? When tomorrow comes, then it is not tomorrow after all, is it? It's today. Tomorrow will still be tomorrow. In a sense, tomorrow never comes. It is quite an abstract thought, isn't it? For the little tyke, it will never be tomorrow. It will always be today. So that's confusing for him. Now, in a while, when he's been sent to kindergarten and he begins a schedule of events that have to be done over and again, he will begin to grasp the concept of tomorrow. Another sleep, son, and when you wake up, it will be tomorrow. But even then, when he wakes up, it will not be tomorrow, it will be today. I sometimes enjoy these kinds of discussions, and in the right crowd, they can be treasure chests of interesting and vibrant discussion and the opening up of minds to things beyond the ordinary. We will be moved to explore at these times and think about the wonderful creativity that God has poured out upon his creation so abundantly. More abundantly on some, I confess, because I'm often the one left behind. But all of this brings me to a couple of spiritual perspectives, which I'll share in a moment. But see if you can come up with a few of your own.
First spirit station comes from the topic that we've been contemplating and the idea of tomorrow never coming. It's always going to be tomorrow. And when tomorrow does come, it is no longer tomorrow, it is today. The second is the ability for us to comprehend such abstract thoughts and concepts. And it all brings to mind the biblical declaration in the book of Genesis that we were made in the likeness of God. As humans, we are quite unlike all of the other creatures in the animal kingdom. By the way, did you think of any other comparisons? Write us here at Echo and tell us if you did. The first idea brings also some aspect of the concept of eternity, forever and ever and ever, everlasting, no ending, like railway tracks that seem to go on and on forever without a terminus like tomorrow which never comes, always tomorrow, never an end to having a tomorrow still coming. Eternity is kind of like that, isn't it? There's more thought for sure. Then what about being made in his likeness? As the crowning end of God's creation, he made man and he made woman. But in doing so, God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And that's what he did. The full understanding to grasp the entirety of what all this means will take our eternity. But we are not yet capable of such comprehension, really. In eternity, in our immortal bodies, we may come a lot closer to comprehending all of this and what eternity really means. After all, eternity will never end, so our learning and our comprehending will never end either. What a future awaits us. There's a line that is drawn by rejecting our Lord, where the call of His Spirit is lost. And you hurry along with the pleasure-led throng. Have you counted? Have you counted the call? 
And now with his message for today, here is Senior Pastor Emeritus, Alan Lee. Greetings once again in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning into our program. Our prayer is that you will be blessed, challenged, and edified as we study the Word of God together. Our purpose and objective are to glorify God by an expositional proclamation of His Word, so that we might clearly understand what He is saying to us, and then by His grace, be enabled by His Spirit to obey that word. For the past several weeks, we have been studying the Bible's repeated prediction that the days in which we are now living will be characterized by pervasive religious deception by false teachers and self-made prophets. God's warning regarding false prophets is the same throughout Scripture, both in the Old and New Testaments. There is no doubt, my friends, that we are now living in the times that this particular sign is being fulfilled to a great extent. However, Jesus warns us that this is just the beginning of the birth pangs of the terrible days that will increase in intensity as his return draws near. False teachers, false Christs, and false prophets will increase in the days ahead, if you can believe that. This is perhaps the most outstanding sign that will mark the soon return of Jesus Christ, and it is a religious one. However, the Bible also gives us signs related to nature, society, politics, science or technology, persecution of believers, and even the family. As I mentioned in earlier messages, the Bible also teaches that we need to understand these signs if we are to know how to live effectively in this age in order to please Christ. First Chronicles put it this way, referring to some of those who joined with David against Saul. The text says, Of the sons of Issachar, men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. That's First Chronicles 12.32. Coming to the New Testament, Jesus actually chides chastises the Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious elite of the day, for their inability to read the signs of the times. Listen to what he says in Matthew 16, beginning at verse 1. The Pharisees and Sadducees came up, and testing Jesus, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. But he replied to them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, there will be a storm today, for the sky is red and threatening. Notice what he says now. Do you know how to discern the appearance of the sky, but cannot discern the signs of the times? That's Jesus in Matthew 16. He expects us to understand the signs of the times. Peter warns us that people will not believe the signs, and thus they'll be caught unprepared when Jesus comes. However, his people should not be. Listen to the words of Peter in Second Peter chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Quote, This is now, beloved, the second letter I am writing to you, in which I am stirring up your sincere minds by way of reminder, 
that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken by the apostles. Know this first of all, that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Listen closely now. But do not let this one fact escape you, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but he is patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, in which the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burned up. End of quote. That's Second Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Now, what I would like to do today is to give you an overview and summary of some of the primary events that are predicted that will take place before the return of Christ, and which we should be able to discern and understand if we are to live the way God wants us to live in these days of the signs. Lord willing, I will deal in detail with some of them in coming messages. But for now, we just give a summary listing of some of them. Now, please be aware that they are not necessarily given in sequential order, but they are simply being listed as they appear in the Bible. The first one I want to draw to your attention is Joel 2.28, where it is prophesied that in these days the Spirit of God will be poured out upon all flesh. Here is what the Word says. It will come about after this that I will pour out my Spirit on all mankind, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions, as Joel 2.28. Unfortunately, as we've seen in previous messages, this particular prophecy is being abused by false prophets today with the claim that they are fulfilling this prophecy by their false prophets. But we spoke about that earlier. Second characteristic is universal apostasy. Listen to Second Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Now we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, that you not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter as it came from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come, listen now, unless the apostasy or falling away comes first, and then the man of lawlessness will be revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as God. End of quote. Second Thessalonians 2, verses 1 through 4. There is no doubt, my friends, that we are seeing the early birth pangs of this taking place even as we speak. A third characteristic of these days is the watering down of the gospel. 
and teaching the doctrines of man rather than the doctrines of God. Listen to Second Timothy chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. But realize this, that in the last days difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of God, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these. End of quote. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Now, Jesus even alluded to this when he spoke to the Pharisees in Matthew 15, verses 7 through 9. Listen to the words of Jesus. You hypocrites, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching doctrines as the precepts of men. End of quote, Matthew fifteen seven through 9. Again, I ask you, who can deny that this is happening right now when men are replacing their words and claiming it to be the word of God? They're replacing the word of man for the word of God. But then in Isaiah 5.20, we have another prophecy of, of a characteristic of these days in which we live. Good will be called evil, and evil will be called good. Listen to what Isaiah says. Woe to those who call evil good, and good evil, who substitute darkness for light, and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes, and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes in drinking wine, and valiant men in mixing strong drink who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away the rights of the ones who are in the right. That's Isaiah 5, verses 20 to 23. My friends, this is happening in our religious world. Even priests and prophets and pastors are being bought out by those who are seeking to do harm to the church and bring immorality and corruption to our society. My friends, we must know and understand these signs we must understand these things that are happening all around us. But we must not be deceived by those who are involved in fulfilling these negative signs or become a part of fulfilling them ourselves. We must study the scriptures so that we will be able to discern the true from the false, the good from evil. And please note, God says it will become more and more difficult to do so in these days in which we live. This is why I'm urging you to get into a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, Bible-teaching church. Don't join a church just because you like the preacher, because he is an entertaining speaker, but does not explain the biblical text to you, or because he scratches where you are itching, but rather go where the preacher is being obedient to Paul's command to preach the word, and who regards the Bible as the word of God and not the word of man. And what is just as important, if not more so, learn how to study the Bible yourself. Strive to go behind the basics of salvations. And as the writer of the Hebrew says, move ahead to the meat of the word. Move ahead to Christian maturity. Because that's the only way you'll be able to discern truth from error. 
Listen to what the writer of the Hebrew says about this, reading verse 12 now of chapter 5. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But notice this now, solid food is for the mature, who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. My friends, this is the word of God. It is telling us that if we are going to be able to discern what is happening around us today and to distinguish between truth and error, we must know the word of God. We cannot be content with just understanding the basics of salvation. We must move toward Christian maturity, and that comes by reading, studying, understanding, and obeying the word of God. May we heed his word today. As always, this is Senior Pastor Emeritus Alan Lee saying, Sila, think and act on these things. You have been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church in Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 o'clock in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We extend an invitation to you to join us on these occasions. If you would like to contact the church or Pastor Lee, address your letters to Echoes of Calvary, Post Office Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And so we come to an end of this broadcast. I invite you to think about the message this morning. Consider the one who is our Savior and Lord. Grow to be complete in Him. And remember, as echoes from Calvary stir in your heart, keep listening for that shout, Maranatha, the Lord is coming soon. There forevermore to stay. The great command is promised, he will surely come again. I am listening every moment for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the saints shall leave happen in a moment, Jesus Christ could come again. I am listening every moment for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the ground.
happen in a moment. Jesus Christ could come again.